Okay, hi everyone. Um, all right, so we're here for the English Face COVID. So anyone that's got Zoom is welcome to come into Zoom now. Um, the link is right under uh, this. Hold on, I'll try and get you the link here. The link is directly under um, where you see this. Okay, so if you if you uh, you're welcome to come in. Can you uh, you want to come into Zoom? We're going to start very soon the face COVID in English. So um, if you're watching, just come straight in. If you, uh... Just waiting now to see who joins us. Ivan Lewis, Noah Sarig, and Michael Steiner are here. So you're welcome to come into Zoom. I'll just try and get you there. The actual, uh... If you look underneath, you'll find the uh, link. But I'll try and get it for you. So the link, it's better that you come into uh, Zoom rather than... Okay, so if you're in the Facebook Live at the moment, just go to the, uh, just go to the, um, just one down below, you'll see the link to the Zoom and come into the Zoom. It's much more interactive if you'll come in. Ivan, Noah, Michael, Tamar, fantastic. If you want, come off Facebook Live, come into Zoom. The link is directly under this, um, this uh, picture that you can see just now of me. If you just go underneath, you will see the uh, Zoom link. And if you come into the Zoom link, it will be a much more experiential um, experience for all of us. So you're welcome to come in. We're gonna start in about two or three minutes. Darren Fields is back. Again, come into Zoom. Zoom is the uh, post directly under this one. You'll see the Zoom link and you're welcome to uh, actually come into Zoom and then we can have a proper interactive uh, conversation here. So I'm going to wait one more minute and then we're going to be uh, starting. And I welcome you to the uh, Face COVID uh, workshop where we're going to be tackling what's going on with us at the moment. So unlike the 11 a.m. Uh, workouts, this is more of an interactive program where you can come on Zoom and we can actually talk with each other and uh, have a proper uh, workshop going. So I know it's easy and it's quite passive just to sit and watch it on Facebook Live. That's all right too, but it'll be a much richer experience for you. You'll get much more out of it if you come on to Zoom and it's in the post directly underneath this one. So if you see the big Zoom post on my Facebook profile page, you just press that and come straight into Zoom. So when it, you don't see it, 
Daryl Fields doesn't see it. Does anybody else not see it? Oh, Tamar's helping me out with the Zoom. Yeah. So come into the Zoom. If you see the link just underneath, press the. It's in the. It's in the comments now. Tamar Friedland has put it on. It, it seems. So come straight into Zoom right now. I'll wait for you, and then we can get going. Tamar, are you coming in? Ivan, come in. Yeah, wonderful, fantastic. So Tamar's in, fantastic. Thanks for that bravery. Not easy. Hold on. I'll just uh, wait for see. Okay, so Tamar's come in. Let's get Ivan in. Let's get Noah in. Tamar, do you see me? Tamar, are you still here? Yeah, I think Tamar's still here. Okay, here's Darren. Okay, fantastic. Darren's here. Darren's here. Great. Can you hear me, Darren? Darren, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Right, wonderful. So I'm just waiting to see who else is brave enough to come in. First of all, I'm wishing you a refuash I understand that you'd... I'm not going to put my video on because I'm actually lying flat down at the moment as uh, this takes place. I am in recovery mode, um, as you're right. saying. But I'm glad yeah. you're coming on, at least at least on audio. So that's wonderful. Correct. It's great for you and it's great. So I'm just waiting on maybe... I see Ivan Lewis is here. I see Noah's here. I see Michael's here. It'll be really great if we can get you into uh, we can get you into the uh, the Zoom because this is a, where it's where it all happened really instead of just watching it on Facebook Live. So Tamara was here a minute ago. Um, hopefully she'll come back and uh, we'll get started. What we're going to be talking about today is how to actually deal with you know everything that's going on just now it's not an easy time for anybody oh mordechai's here fantastic is that mordechai mordechai yeah hi Dom. now i see you just put the camera so we can see your face and not the the ceiling fantastic you've made it brave brave people coming in that's really good so i was just explaining mordechai before you popped in that what we're going to be talking about today is an actual really practical way that we can deal with everything that's going on just now from the point of view of our behavioral psychological process to make things um, bearable, to make things manageable. We're going into, um, basically we've been in sort of in the UK anyway, it's kind of in the second week now, but um, it looks like we'll be going into uh, to this for, for reasonably long term. I mean, what I'm saying is three, four, five weeks, maybe even longer. They're talking about maybe three to six months, even at one point or another. So we're not quite sure. The unknown is there. And dealing with the unknown is not an easy thing. We've got Darren here. Darren's in recovery. So, you know, we've got we've got a situation where we want to actually deal with all these thoughts and worries that are coming into our head, the anxiety that we're feeling in our body, dealing with the unknown and dealing with the known. The known is that we're kind of um, contained within um, our residential spaces, our homes. 
we're getting it's getting stricter and stricter that we're not actually allowed out and um, that's very difficult for a lot of people um, to deal with so this is exactly the program where it's interactive you can ask questions you can talk to me about this while I also give over to you um, a lot of great information but a lot of great skills they practice here how does that sound yep we're good okay cool so um in if you're if you're insisting on staying on uh, facebook live just put in the comments where you're coming in from and if you get any questions you're welcome to put them on there so Basically, we work it out like this. The little protocol that we've got put together is called Face COVID. And um, basically that kind of covers most of the areas that we need to deal with. So first one is F, focus on what's in your control. The more that we go over this, the more our brains will be able to take this in. This is kind of a learning process. A learning process is not like going to a university lecture and you, you know, kind of get a lecture and you walk out and, probably forget it after half an hour and then you've got to go over the books and so on. This is about, this is this is actually experiencing it, okay? So the idea here is that we actually practice this stuff together. So if I, if I was to ask you um, briefly, you know, what kind of things are not in our control? The weather. Or, right, definitely the weather, not in our control. Mordechai. Um, the weather. Huh? The weather, people's responses to We can't, we're not accountable for those people. That's, 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 that's out of our control. Right, so other people's responses, we are definitely, it's not in our control. Um, is being infected or not infected in our control? Absolutely. To a certain extent. But not absolutely. At the end of the day. No, no, absolutely. At the end of the day, um, we don't have control on whether um, we'll be the one that's infected or not. Tamara, great to have you back. So, um, the situation is like this. We might do all that we can to try and reduce getting infected, but whether that virus enters us or not is really not in our control. Do we have control over anybody else being infected? I mean, yes. absolute control. Not, we're not talking about, um, at the moment, we're not talking about reducing infection or any of these um, social distancing. I'm talking about, do we have any control over the virus entering somebody's body? No, not whatsoever. What's that? No. No. Yeah, absolutely not. We do not have control who gets ill and who doesn't get ill. Unless you're going to go around in some hermetically sealed, um, sterile bubble, which you get in certain hospitals. But if you're not living like that, the chances are that there's, you don't have absolute control. You don't have absolute, life is a risk. We have to understand that. As soon as you wake up in the day, that life is a risk. But these are things that are not in our control. What things are really quite in our control? What's in our control? Tomorrow, any idea? The measures that we can take to um, look after ourselves, like you know, going out once a day, um, only doing the essential, following the government guidelines, do for ourselves. Okay, so absolutely, that's in our control. We get government guidelines, and we can choose 
whether we're going to follow them or not going to follow them, that definitely is in our control. Tamar wanted to say something. Something. What's in our control? What's in our control? Well, uh, how much we're going out or not, I guess. Right, so yeah, we can choose how, how much we go out and how much we don't get out. What is really easier? What's really more at hand that's in our control? It's really quite, quite significantly in our control. Well, our mind, mental processing, maybe. Okay, so that so as to a certain extent, but a lot of the things that are not in our control are our thoughts. We can't really control our thoughts. We, I mean, I can ask you to to think um, the. If I said to you, for instance, uh, one and one is, and you would say two. So yeah, so that's more or less you could have chose to tell me or not. But there's certain things that come in our head that really don't we don't have control over regarding our thoughts. A lot of times we get thoughts coming in even if we don't want them. Right. So there's that. But what we do have control over is our bodies. Generally speaking, we have quite a lot of control in our body. And our brain is interested in what's in our control and what's not. For instance, if we really are honest with ourselves, anyone here, anyone here got um, a little bit of fear, anxiety, threat, anything like that, kind of the experiencing any of that at the moment? No, nothing at all like that. Nothing at all like that. You're quite just the same as a normal day, no problem at all, same as the beach. Hang well, it's not, it's, not, it's not the same as a normal day, is it? But, you know, I think, what's the I difference? think my anxiety has been, has, been, um, has been destroyed by actually getting this virus. Um, ah, okay, okay. And, and, knowing, and knowing that, that you know, that, now that I've had it and know what it's all about and chances of getting it again are very slim, um, then I think a lot of my anxiety has been, has been um, you know, passed aside. Right, so yeah, definitely. You've had the virus, you're on the other side, you're on the safe, you're, you're the kind of got more or less immunity from what we understand. But apart from the virus, there's a whole lot of changes. You can't just go out to your business. You can't no. just, um, you know, walk in the, you know, walk out and go to parties or anything like that at the moment. So even apart from the virus, there's a certain amount of change in our, um, yeah. you know, in the way we're living. And that can sometimes bring up feelings of anxiety. What we call anxiety, feelings of difference, change, whatever whatever we want to call it. But if we're really honest with ourselves, usually what is causing that are the things that are not in our control. So what's really not in our control at the moment is when this will be over. What's really not in control at the moment is when we'll be able to open our businesses again. What's really not in control at the moment is if any of our family are going to get affected. What's really not in control and it goes on and on and on, right? And most of our worries are about things that are not in our control, right? If I was to ask you, unless you have a, a medical condition, do you worry about the fact that um, you'll be able to lift your cup and have a cup of tea? Well, maybe Daryl did, Darren did at one point because he was very sick. But generally speaking, we don't have a problem with that. Do you, do you worry about the fact that you could wiggle your fingers right now? Darren, can you do that? Darren? You here? Yes, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we don't really worry about we're going to do that. What worries are usually generally things that are not in our control. 
So when we show our brain that there are certain things that are in our control, our brain will kind of settle down and say, okay, that's fine. I won't need to worry about the other stuff. So even if you did this, Mordechai, can you do this? Mordechai, can you do this? Yeah, yeah, I know it's a bit silly. I've been doing this every day for two weeks, so you know, believe me, I I know what being feeling silly is all about. So, um, yeah, doing this kind of thing is uh, might seem silly, but it's something that's in our control. Using our senses is something that's in our control. If I was asked, you look around the room and look for four things that you can see. Can you do that? Thumbs up if you can do that. Excellent. So look around just now, pick out four things that you can see and name them. So I can see my chair, I can see my board, I can see my camera, and I can see my screen. All right? A simple thing. But if you found somebody in a car crash and they were in shock, that's the kind of thing you want to ask them. Why? Because when you use your senses, you're coming out of your head straight into the present moment. Okay? If I was asked you to listen for three things that you can hear, you're using your sense of hearing so I hear the fan of my laptop I hear the birds outside do you hear my bathroom leaking no but I do hear your voice okay, okay. so and do that as well with the sense of touch and if you've tasted something the sense of taste if you've got nice flowers maybe sense of smells yeah well you've that's one of the that's one of the uh, side effects isn't it darn yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'll come back it'll be fine yeah yeah i'm sure it'll come back wonderful so by doing that we manage to distinguish what's in our control and what's not in our control the next thing is a for face is acknowledging our thoughts and feelings usually when we have disturbing thoughts and feelings that are very uncomfortable the usual um, behavior that we try and do is basically to try and get out of here, try and get rid of it. So that's Yael Moore joined us. So welcome, Yael. So we really try to run away from it. We tr really try to avoid it. We really try to fight it. We might get angry that we're feeling uh, weird sensations in our body. We might um, just go to sleep and try and sleep it off. We might try to distract ourselves and do all sorts of other things. Basically, we try to avoid it. So if we acknowledge it and we say, look, I've got thoughts that, and, and name those disturbing thoughts, or I have feeling that, and name that feeling. I've got a feeling that there's a kind of butterfly thing going on in my stomach. Our brain will see that we're starting to acknowledge it. And what it does is it produces a little bit of space, a little bit of difference, a uh, distance, between uh, my thought or my feeling and myself. And that little distance can, distance can make all the difference. We need to come back to our bodies. What does that mean? When we're worrying, we go straight up into our heads. Have you found that, Mordechai? When we're worried, we go straight into our heads. And usually, if we're worried, we're bringing up maybe some things from the past, so back past memories yeah all all kinds of stuff keeps coming and coming forward coming from the past it comes forward into the present doesn't it right so exactly so what we do is we take these past memories and we bring them into the present 
And when we bring them into the present, we can actually feel it in our bodies. We get upset, you know, because we, we remember past memories. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can just go into the past and stay there for a while and start wallowing in the past. And it really, really can affect us. But that, but that, that, that comes back to what you said earlier, doesn't it? That, that these, are, these are things that we can't change. We can't change what happened in the past. We can't do anything about it. We can, we can only change not. the present. But we can choose to respond to it differently, mm. like you said. So when we're in the past, and we're wallowing in the past, the response that we can give is bring ourselves out of our head and into our body, right? And the way we can do that is by coming back to our bodies. Alternatively, we might go into the future. And when we're in the future, we're kind of creating all sorts of worries. What if scenarios? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if we don't open, uh, if we don't, you know, get back to business within X amount of time? What happens if I lose my job? What happens if I don't have any money? What happens if I get ill? And etc. 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 A lot of what ifs. Basically, creating a future that's not happened yet and bringing that back into the present moment and we're feeling it. Before. Again, Mordechai is right. Sometimes we cannot uh, prevent that. But what we can do is prevent is to choose how we respond to that. And the way we can respond to that is by bringing yourself deliberately into the present moment. And we can do that by using our five senses, like we, I showed you earlier. And we can do that by coming back to our body and actually focusing in on what we do have control on our body. And one of the things is, the simplest things, is breathing. So Mordechai, and Tamar, and Darren, and whoever's watching on Facebook Live, I want to teach you, uh, Elan's here, Jane Silver's watching. I'm going to teach you a breathing technique that is extremely powerful because it's a breathing technique that deliberately activates our vagal nerve. And our vagal nerve is the longest nerve in the body, comes out of the brain into the body. It's the 10th cranial nerve. And it really, really has... Uh, multiple effects. It goes to multiple organs. If nerves usually go from A to B, right? They're like wires. This nerve goes from A to B to C to D to E to F. goes to multiple places, including our heart, goes to our lungs, it goes to our gut, goes to our facial muscles, goes to our throat, goes to our inner ear. It affects all the parts that are affected when we're under threat. Okay? Our heart changes under threat, our gut changes under threat, our facial muscles change under threat, our ears change under threat, our throat, that's why you get a high-pitched throat, we get all constricts when you're under threat. When you do this breathing, it releases all that. When you do this breathing, it will also turn us into that safe social mode where our brain starts to believe that we're safe and we start to have a much more manageable time and the front of our brain comes online and we can start making proper decisions and doing things and basically generally feeling a little bit better. All right, so sit with me, both feet on the ground, straight back. Really important the straight back, not Darren, because Darren can't do a straight back, but you can do it on lying on your bed, Darren, okay? So um, just sit there with me i put my hand on my abdomen because we want to be breathing with our abdomen that means when we breathe in our abdomen comes out when we breathe out our abdomen goes in and not breathing with our chest okay and when we breathe we want to be breathing through our nose we're going to be holding it in our lungs for two seconds 
and then we're going to be breathing out through our mouth with a, with a small mouth and actually kind of pushing the air out so that there's a back pressure and it affects the vapor more. But I'll do it with you. So breathing in, holding it, and breathing out. We're breathing out almost double the time that we're breathing in, so it's much slower. So breathing in, holding it, and breathing out. That's it, big deep breaths. Two more. Breathing in, holding it, breathing out through the mouth more than time. Fantastic. One more time. Breathing in, holding it, and breathing out. Okay, anyone want to comment what that experience was like? You can comment on Facebook. Jackie Needleman, wow, that's a name from the past. Hi, Jackie, great to have you here. Um, anybody, Mordechai, anyone want to say what that experience, that small taste of breathing was like? Mordechai. It just brings like a, a centering. It brings um, it brings a certain initial calmness, not 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 a massive um, calmness, but it, it, you're feeling settled almost straight away. Yeah, it's almost instant. I find, and, and and the idea of this is not a relaxation technique per se, but as a byproduct, sometimes it happens. So I'm not going to knock it if you get relaxed. But that's not the um, aim of this. The aim of this is to turn on that social system, to turn on that safety system, to turn off the emergency system, if you like. And Mordechai, you felt it right away. I feel it right away as well. It has, an, it has a very profound effect. And I, and I suggest we don't wait until we're really, really under pressure to do this. We should practice this as much as possible. And the more that we practice this, the more our brain will learn it and be able to kick in when it's needed. So you don't, of course, have to go around every five minutes doing this, but two or three times a day for four or five cycles will certainly make a difference to your whole psyche and your whole body. And I really, really recommend it. So that's about coming back to your body. I was talking with Amy Murrell last night, and if you haven't seen that interview, she's a top professor of, of clinical psychology, and she she's a behavioral psychologist as well. And so she you know lives like we are living now she lives like this every single day of her life she has a genetic condition that makes her hyper allergic to almost anything so she can die any minute out of um of uh, you know an allergic reaction so she lives like this she comes you know, she's a university professor it's not an easy way to live and it's an amazing interview she gave me last night. I learned loads from her. So you'll see that on my YouTube channel or on Facebook if you, if you scroll back a little bit to last night. Anyway, one of the amazing things she taught was that, you know, it's a human basic need to have human to human contact. This is the way we're built. We're social animals. We need that skin to skin. We need that social contact between human beings and at this time we are basically forbidden to do that right we're not allowed to touch anybody we're not allowed to shake hands we're not allowed to put you know hand around your shoulder give you somebody a you know a slap on the 
on the shoulder or on the arm or any of these social um, contact, uh, you know, customs that we have. And if you're on your own right now, you really can't put your, ha- your arms around your, um, your grandchildren. They can't, they're not even allowed to visit you or your children or, you know, your old auntie or anything like that. Or maybe your grandmother or your parents. Um, and if you're with a spouse, there's most likely that they're going to be with you. But if they're not with you, then you might be totally, you know, isolated from them as well. Um, so Darren might, you know, when he was, he's in recovery, he might have been totally isolated from the rest of his family. So this is a very, very difficult thing when we don't have that human connection, which is a basic need. So Amy taught us that we can just put our hand over our hearts. So if you're putting your hand over your heart right now with me and joining with me in this, and I really suggest you do, um, put in the comments, hand on heart. And those that are with me on Zoom, just stick your hand on your heart and feel that. Now what it actually does, Amy explained, is it produces oxytocin in the body when we do this. If anyone doesn't know what oxytocin is, oxytocin has the nickname the love drug. It's very prominent in pregnancies, it's very prominent in mothers, it's very prominent in spouses. It's basically a social connection hormone. And it gives us that feeling of warmth, that feeling of connection. So if you're you're doing that right now with me, put in the comments, hand on heart. Mordechai, I can see, is doing it. What I want to do, because this is part of the come back to your body part. So um, just feel it. Okay, so I want you to feel this and just focus in on this. And just see what this experience is like. Yael Moore is watching, so... Just put your hand on your heart and feel it. And just feel that bodily connection, even though it's with yourself. So if you're on Facebook, put hand on heart or just a little emoji of a hand. And I'm going to ask you to do something else. Put the next hand on your tummy. Exactly. So now you've got a hand on your heart, chest area, and you've got a hand on your tummy. And just feel this just now. Just do this. Two feet flat on the floor. Straight back. If you can, Darren can do it lying down. Hand on heart, hand on abdomen. And we're going to sit here for, and and this is not easy, you'll find. So we're going to sit here for 30 seconds and just what you call experience this. You'll find your mind wandering. Bring it back. You'll find you might even get fidgety. Bring it back to your hand on heart and on your tummy. And just let's experience this for 30 seconds.
Okay, wonderful. Mary Moore's watching. Norman's watching. Ferrid's watching. Yael's watching. Jackie's watching. Jane's watching. Elan's watching. Wonderful. Um, put in the comments what that was like for you. Put Mordechai, if you want to say what that was like for you. Darren, if you want to say what that was like for you. Tamar, if you want to say what that was like for you. Just to give us an idea, this is an interactive workshop. It's not a lecture. What what, what were you experiencing you know, then? It, it felt it felt a bit weird just sat, just sat there actually not doing anything, not speaking, but just there uh, like with, you, with, your, with your hand on your heart and your hand in your abdomen. Yeah. Um, and you thought, I'm sat in the front room, and I'm just, my thoughts are to wander off to a car that just went past. But when you said bring it back, then bring like any distractions, just wind them back in. Yeah. Because because in that in that moment you're taking charge over your thoughts, aren't you? Well, you're not taking charge. You're sitting there and acknowledging them. It's not right. control. And this is what this is one of our biggest problems as human beings. We want to have control over everything. Yeah. Not about taking charge of our thoughts or being in control of our thoughts. It's about being with our thoughts. It's about willing to be with what we feel and willing <laughs> to be with what we're thinking. And that willingness is what we're trying to build. That's the muscle. We're trying to build that willingness. We're trying what's, what's, to... what's just come to me is that was something you said last week about um, we go into um, a very nice place by a stream or by a river. And yeah. like extraneous thoughts, just if we don't like them, we just let them float on by. Absolutely. You can use the clouds. If you were with me this morning, we were using the clouds to do that. And if you missed it, you can go back and look at the uh, the replay. We were using right. uh, this morning clouds to do similar thing. And you can just put your thoughts on the cloud and let them go by. So Miri's come in. Fantastic. Miri's decided to come into Zoom. The more that come into Zoom, the better we can have an actual discussion. Um, so that's coming back to the body and then we have engaging in what you're doing right so no matter what you're doing you can turn it into an engagement exercise and this is really important because this is focusing right and the more we're focusing the more that we can um, not a distraction but we can actually become mindful of what we're doing so this doesn't matter if we're um, if we're eating so i'm just going to put you on can you put you on mute just so <coughs> oh. yeah Mordechai, if you could just go on mute for a bit and then we'll bring you back um so the uh engaging in what we're doing even if we're eating we can engage what we're doing we can use our senses so take note of what's on the plate what, what color it is what shape it is um, when we lift it to our, our mouths we can begin to smell it we can actually enjoy our food and, and it's a much more mindful way it's a much more healthier way of eating even we start to smell it we understand using that sense we put it in our mouths we start to feel the texture feel the taste and so on that's mindful eating. But you can even be in the shower and be mindful. Usually what happens when we're in the shower, we're thinking about our breakfast. And then when we get to our breakfast, we're thinking about something else. And when we get to, you know, tidying up the house or whatever, we're already thinking about our lunch. We're never actually engaged. Stop and be engaged 
and what we're doing at this present moment. Even if we're, even if we're, you know, you're the kind of person that wants to meditate or pray in the morning, it's about being engaged in what you're doing. And not, oh my goodness, I've got, you know, five minutes left of meditation and then I've got to do something else. No, that's not real meditation. It's about slowing down and being engaged in what you're doing and being focused. Even if we have to wash our hands for 20 seconds. Most of us, when we're washing our hands, we're like, oh my goodness, this is such a, a chore, you know. This, I've got to get on with my stuff. I can't take the 20 seconds out. 20 seconds, we're talking about. 20 seconds. And we're still going mad about, you know, can we really wash our hands for 20 seconds? Right? I mean, that's all we're talking about. Counting 1 to 20. But if we engage in it, if we start to really... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm washing this finger and I'm washing the, I'm feel the soap and now I'm washing my thumbs and now my fingernails and we're really, really feeling it, really being engaged. And that 20 second exercise can be extremely powerful for the well-being of our brain. Committed action. Committed action is about what based on our values is about actually getting up and doing stuff right so if you're like Darren and you can, you're not really that mobile just now but what Darren is doing right now is committed action Darren for his reasons it's important for him to participate in something like this and so he's actually taking the time out the effort and committing to come and he's been coming for quite a few of these this is about committed action. Mordechai too. Showing up here is committed action. Miri showing up here is committed action. Tamar showing up here is committed action. Norman coming up and tuning into Facebook Live is committed action. Our brain doesn't mind, doesn't distinguish whether you're on a Zoom program, a Facebook program, you're reading a book or whatever. When you practice, committed action when you practice doing something because it's important for you to do it no matter how you're feeling just now and Darren's an amazing example of this Darren's in recovery from COVID-19 yet he's still doing things that matter to him even though he's lying down and he can't he's not really that mobile just now I mean what a wonderful example we have in our own group right now and I thank Darren very much for for sharing this with it and participating with us because we can learn from him right at this moment. And that itself is committed action. The committed action to teach us, to show us, to model us what it's like even though you've, you're not feeling well. And that committed action is based on things that are important to us. So we need to know our value in life, what really matters in our life. Okay? Viktor Frankl is the most prominent I think example of this in the Holocaust a survivor in Auschwitz had the chance to escape decided not to escape because he was a psychiatrist and it was important for him to take care of his patients so he took committed action in fulfilling what was important to him regardless of what the context was and so we too, even though we're in a context of threat, a context of possible fear, we continue to take committed action in doing the things that are important to us. And opening up, 
opening up means being courageous enough to do things that are uncomfortable, to feel things that are uncomfortable. So these thoughts and these and these physical emotions and sensations that we have in our body, let's open up to them. And we did a whole session this morning about opening up. We learned that from Ben Sedley last night from New Zealand, who came on and gave us a whole, um, a whole, and, and Amy as well, a whole teaching on how to open up. And we did it this morning as well in our 11 o'clock workout about opening up and being vulnerable, but being alive. Being vulnerable, but doing stuff, you know, even though it might be a little bit difficult and even though you feel the pain. We're all going through a certain amount of grieving at the moment because things are not the way they usually are. And so there's certain things that we're not sure about. Some of us are losing things, but it's about being open to that, but yet doing things in committed action that will push us along that path that we want to go even so. And that's all based on our values. And our values is something that we choose and that we write down and we know how to verbalize that are things that matter to us, that are what we want to be about. You know, if you want to, if you want to write about um, Darren, what's he about? He's about this. What's Mordechai about? Mordechai stands for this in his life. What does Miri stand for? Miri stands for this. And she's a kind of this kind of person. And she believes this kind of thing. And this is what she stands for. This is what Tamar stands for. This is what Norman stands for. Verit stands for. Dov stands for. My values are that I want to be able to pass on what I've learned to people like you. I want to contribute to society. And this is my way of doing it. This is my value. And I do my committed action by doing this, what you see right now. And I open up to the pain that I have even doing this. Because it's not easy for me to go around wiggling my fingers and looking like a bit silly sometimes. And it's not easy for me, you know, every day at 11 o'clock in the morning, even when I can't be bothered, I get on and I do it because it's important to me. We do things that are important to us, even though we feel sometimes that we don't want. And then we identify resources. We identify the resources that we have inside us. And one of these resources is belief. One of these resources is hope. One of these resources is connecting to that spiritual side like Amy told us about yesterday. That spiritual side that kind of pushes us, that emotional side, that side that says, wow, there may be a greater power than me. Yeah, there is something driving this. And that whole spiritual side that provides us with hope, we know from studies and science that this is very powerful. Never mind traditions that have gone on for thousands of years. So it's about identifying these resources. It's about identifying the resource inside us that has a social connection and reaching out to people like Ben um, explained to us yesterday how important it is to reach out to people, even if we're confined within the house. My neighbor calls me ever so often and asks me if I need anything. I don't need anything, but the fact that he's calling me means that he's thinking about me. And when I'm sitting here on my own in my, my home, then I know that there's somebody else thinking about me and he's only next door. And if I really needed help, I know I would have someone to help me. 
what a beautiful thing and something that we can do to others. So identify that resource within us and use it in our committed action. And the D to finish off face COVID is about the disinfecting and distancing. It's about committing action to the regulations that we're told in order to save lives and sort of flatten the curve. All this stuff is about abiding by the disinfecting and the distancing that we've been told to do. And together that gives us the face COVID anagram, the face COVID um, formula for getting through this time. And that's what we've been practicing for two weeks. And we practice it in all different ways. And just like you go to the gym and, the, and, your, and your trainer says, okay, we're gonna lift the, the 50 kilo today. You don't say, oh, well, I did that yesterday. What do I need to do that for? Give me something new. No, you continue to do the same thing again and again and again. And so we will continue through this crisis to keep going through this face COVID formula and we'll practice it together. And the more that you manage to bring on and tell your friend, the more we'll practice it, and the more our bodies will learn it, the more our brains will learn it, and the more we'll be able to put this into actual action. So, questions uh, up until now, you wanna give me what the experience is like, if this has been useful for you, if this has been exciting, if this has been boring, if, I, if you've had enough listening to dog, what what's going on in your lives tell me that's very very useful dov um i mean i love that the whole psychology of having to get used to a new a new norm and this is what what you're doing is a tremendous tremendous aid a tremendous tool so well i i really appreciate your support i appreciate you coming i appreciate you continuing to take that committed action and showing up showing up in your own life. I want you to take what you learn from here and spread it for the, those that are around you. Thank you for coming out. What about Darren? Is this helpful to you, Darren? Is this, is this, um, is this something that you can take on? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's helpful. I mean, I think a lot of the, the breathing exercises you do um, etc. and hand in the heart and the, the abdomen is is actually something that I I do employ in my in my life. Um, I find that it is a very these things they basically ground you, they bring you back to your being, um, which I think is really important and it makes you very present on, on what's going on with yourself. Um, and as I said, it is something that I I do very regularly in life. Um, so doing it like this is just, um, especially when I've been sick, it kind of just brings me back to what I should be doing and, um, and reminds me of, of, of where I need to be. Wonderful, wonderful, fantastic. So it's of some use and it's really important and that's great that you do it and we all need those reminders. This is something that we do all the time, you know, we all need those reminders and especially when you've not been well and I'm, you know, I wish you again a refreshed man, it's fantastic you're doing this even though you don't feel well thank you thanks um all right so let's uh, call it a night we're back again at 11 a.m tomorrow morning for a super workout um and tonight don't forget at 7 p.m uk time we have an israeli specialist good friend of mine a professor yori gidron he's a world-class crisis expert he'll be bringing us tons of value tonight in, in the talk at, um, at 7 o'clock UK time. It will be on Facebook Live, but it will also be on my YouTube channel. You'll see everything uh, on the Facebook Live, all the connections. 
but it's worthwhile not to miss Yori Gidron, who's just calling me right now. So um, we're going on live at uh, basically just over an hour from now. See you then. Thanks for joining me. Bye, Dov. Take care. Hi, Yori. Hello, Dov. Just a minute.